welcome to the Great Food Debate presented by This Week Community News, a podcast about where to eat, drink, and more in Central Ohio. I'm Abby Armbruster, your host of this show, and on this week's episode, we're talking sushi. We have a very special guest with us to give us a peek behind the curtain about what it takes to run a sushi restaurant, but before we get into that, let's introduce our panelists on today's episode. Joining me today are... Bethia Wolf. And what do you do, Bethia? Um, I run a company called Columbus Food Adventures. We do guided food tours all around Central Ohio. And I also blog at alteatscolumbus.com. Perfect. And this is Neil and this is Neil Thompson. I am the editor for content and special projects for this week community news. All right. Hi, I'm Nikki Seeley and I am the blogger behind Sweetly Seabus. All right, and our special guest today is? My name is Stephen Harmon. I'm a co-founder of Fusion. We're a fast, casual, Asian-inspired sushi restaurant. Perfect. And uh, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about Fusion for people who have never been there before? Yeah, so Fusion is a a destination that uh, we created in 2010. Um, I started with my two co-founders, Josh Weprin and Zach Weprin. They're both brothers. We grew up together in Dayton, Ohio. So we are Ohio boys. but uh, F- Fusion is an uh, inspired restaurant, so we try to create delicious flavors um, that you cannot find other places that are, that are unique to, to, to Fusion. So um, what started out as a sushi endeavor uh, eight years ago has now kind of morphed into a um, true Fusion of, uh, of different flavors and cuisines from around the world. So um, sushi is our core product. We have um, rice bowls as well as um, salad options as well. So um, we have right now on the menu about eight uh, fusion-inspired items ranging from rolls to bowls, but um, we've kind of made a name for ourselves for our build-your-own component so um, people can come in and customize their own sushi rolls. Perfect. And uh, there are four locations in Central Ohio, correct? We have three locations, three locations. in Central Ohio. Okay. Um, three in Dayton, three in Cincinnati, and one in Toledo. Okay. And they're Easton, Clintonville, and Grandview Heights? That's correct. Okay. Perfect. And the Grandview Heights is a little bit uh, of a different location. Can you describe why and uh, what the purpose behind that was? Yeah. So um, it might surprise you to know that uh, we have 10 restaurants to date. We're eight years in. We have uh, when we don't have a chef. So a lot of our um, products are kind of trial and error, and we test and learn and adapt. So in order to kind of fill that philosophy by listening to our customers, getting feedback, and um, ultimately ultimately creating delicious food, we we decided to dub our Grandview store the uh, Test Kitchen. So you might go in there from time to time, see some unique um, ideas kind of roaming about. You might see us kind of you know, flipping new ingredients, uh, in the back there, just trying new things, trying to get new flavors on the menu as well as, um, get, get, um, you know, valuable and meaningful feedback from our customers. Ultimately, we feel that, um, Columbus gives us a great opportunity to kind of test a lot of, a lot of unique combinations, a lot of new ingredients, and really kind of set the path for fusion as a whole as we continue to grow. So, um, we wanted to create a place in our backyard that we could play, we could experiment, we could test, we could fail, we could we could try new things that would ultimately kind of dictate the course of, of, of where our menu goes and where our company goes. And you did start the restaurant in Cincinnati and then obviously joined the Columbus market. So what was the difference between Cincinnati and Columbus in terms of attitude of the city? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think uh, between myself and my partners and, 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 and our customers, it's a, it's a great conversation because... You know, 
from uh, 10,000 feet up, you know, I think Ohio is a flyover state for most people. For us, we have the unique ability to an opportunity to uh, to dine in every market that we serve. And uh, there's definitely some nuances from Columbus to Cincinnati to Dayton to Toledo um, in the way people eat. So, uh, you know, at the surface, Columbus is a, is a, is a younger town. So um, a lot of kind of culinary trends um, and uh, and and and. Um, kind of things that you might see pop up on your Instagram feed from time to time kind of start here and and um, and we like to uh, kind of use this market as as a uh, opportunity to try that as I said earlier but um, when you look at like the Cincinnati's of the world much more chef driven cultures uh, very traditional dining um, some of my favorite restaurants in the state of Ohio are, are in Cincinnati um, but ultimately we feel that we can create something that will be a, a desirable destination for, for people who are used to eating all different types of cuisine. So um, our mission is to kind of take the best of each market and, 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 and you know, more or less play to our audience um, and uh, create something that's craveable for, for everybody. Um, you know, there's uh, in, in some of these older markets like the Dayton's and the Cincinnati's of the world, um, you have legacy restaurants that have been that have been you know, become staples in, in, in each market, whether it's Grater's ice cream, Frisch's big boy, you know, some of the Cincinnati staples that have been around for a long time still are stalwarts of of the industry and uh, still people that inspire us. But how do we kind of become what we're considering kind of the, the fast casual movement or, or as we like to say, fast casual 2.0, you know, what, what does the future look like for, for the new economy and, and, and ultimately the next generation? Perfect. And you mentioned being a flyover state, and this is something we discussed a couple of episodes ago for our seafood episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do you ensure that you know the fish that you serve in your restaurant is fresh? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and we get that we get that question all the time. Um, you know, Japanese food is is, is very uh, specific. So you know, we're lucky because there's a there's a Japanese food distributor right here in Columbus um, called True World. True World Foods, excuse me, um, that uh, that maintains a uh, a um, facility here as well as in Chicago. We have about eight food suppliers in total. Whether it's Japanese food to produce suppliers, um, if sushi has to be one thing, if a sushi restaurant has to be one thing, it's fresh. So mm-hmm. we're getting deliveries multiple times a week, um, and we've set really specific standards with our food suppliers to ensure fresh, freshness, and also trained our teams to to expect freshness. You know, every every piece of food that comes into our restaurant is prepared on site so each restaurant operates as its own restaurant mm-hmm. we don't commissary any of our food so it comes in whole we prep it down to 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 fit our, our cuisine and yeah i mean we we go through a lot of a lot of fish so we have really no no uh, choice but to keep it fresh perfect <laughs> and then one final question for you uh, before we get into our debate uh what type of role would you suggest for someone who's never had sushi before yeah, um, it's a that's a good question. Um, for somebody who's kind of averse to to, to seafoods specifically, um, Fusion made a name, name for itself by serving what we call the chicken and rice roll. It's a roasted chicken that we um, that we're actually using some modern cooking techniques. Like I don't know if you guys are familiar with like a sous vide. Oh yeah, um, we've talked about yeah, sous vide before. <laughs> we're, we're using those in our restaurants now, and it's really promising and awesome direction for us um, to ensure consistency. But um, we, we do a roasted chicken, and we put some cream cheese, cucumber, green onion, wrap it in a soy wrap, which has very little 
taste or texture, a little bit of spicy mayo, sweet soy, you're going to taste some flavors that might be familiar to your, or reminiscent to maybe dinner from the night before. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we like to do is not only cater to the sushi aficionados, but also become kind of the gateway drug, if you will, for, for people trying new things. <laughs> um, and, uh, and the chicken rolls be become a, a, a great hit. <laughs> That's perfect. So uh, obviously F Fusion would be your choice for the top sushi restaurant in Columbus, but if you couldn't ch uh, pick Fusion, what would, where would you go? Columbus has a lot of great options, and, and, and one of my favorite things to do is to actually go eat at other sushi restaurants. They inspire me, and um, because we kind of bridge between traditional sushi and kind of your everyday sushi, you know, we, we feel that we're sushi for everyone. Um, we can get a lot of inspiration from the Akihanas of the world, the Mr. Sushis of the world. Um, definitely are, are kind of a nod to the tradition, while we can kind of use kind of more um, up-and-coming trends of, of, of other cuisines to kind of interject kind of a true fusion into our restaurant. Uh, let's bring in our other panelists here. Bethia, where would you go for your favorite sushi in Columbus? Um, well, I guess I have kind of a couple of answers. The, um, the Japan Marketplace area, um, which is where Akaihana is, um, and this, the same owners have a number of Japanese businesses, a gift shop, a bakery, um, so a kind of cafe, um, market, and Akaihana. Um, and that, I guess, kind of, I think, is really the number one kind of sushi destination because you have um, the Sushi Chan, which is their kind of um, quick kind of in-and-out sushi restaurant. If you want to be super quick, you can go and get takeout um, sushi from the market that's um, ready prepared. Um, and then if you want more of the kind of sit-down experience, Akaihana. So you've got great range there. Um, and we often will get the party trays um, from Sushi Ten, which are, are great fun for having people over. Um, and then, but kind of my my sort of number one place um, would be Kahachi. Um, they don't they're not really a sushi restaurant. They don't do a lot of sushi, but they have a very small amount um, of kind of sushi and sashimi. And, and what they do is just really in a different league, I think. So, Where is that in Columbus? Um, that's on Federated Boulevard in um, Sawmill 161 area. Okay, perfect. All right, and Neil, where where would you say is your favorite place? So we're, we're not really getting into too much of a debate the, thus far, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, Akihana, one of my baseline standards, has come up now twice. Uh, fantastic sushi restaurant in northwest Columbus off of Old, Old Henderson Road. And we have that whole uh, marketplace area there that Bethia mentioned, too, just wonderful. Um, that's that's a fantastic place to start, and that remains one of my favorites. My go-to right now, um, and part of its proximity, part of it's because I absolutely adore this uh, uh, this establishment, is Sushi.com in Dublin. So it's uh, you're, you're you're talking about the farther reaches of central northern reaches of central Ohio. It is in the shops on Mirfield off of Mirfield Drive, and that's north of the perimeter and post road area. Uh, in western Dublin, but it's a great restaurant. It has expanded over the past few years. It was in a storefront in that same area, but it just didn't have a lot of room. Now there's a great dining area. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful place uh, to have uh, to have some specialty rolls, some traditional rolls, and some wonderful panko fried oysters that uh, are among my favorite things in the entire city. I, I actually had lunch there yesterday, and it was packed at lunchtime. We had to wait wow. for a table, which you just 
just don't really expect usually in, in Columbus <laughs> at lunchtime yeah. on a weekday. So um, I'd say it's a good place to make a reservation. My, my wife and I, we literally eat there once a week uh, for takeout. And we, and whenever she goes in, she's well known to everyone at the counter, including <laughs> the owner. And we, she always gets the question, why aren't you coming in to eat here? And uh, it's something that we, we, we need to do, but it, it's, it's, it's convenient for takeout too. And it's always always busy so they i think the product is really selling itself there <laughs> so all the neil aficionados can find you there at least once a week <laughs> all right and nikki what's your pick for a favorite place to go i have quite a few but if i say fusion will i get free sushi for life oh uh, <laughs> we, we can talk off there <laughs> Um, which is one of my favorites and is on my list. Um, my top choice, um, if I'm my husband and I are going. So if I was taking my kids, I typically will go to Fusion, to be honest. Um, but if my husband and I are going solo or on a date night, we would go to Restaurant Tora, which is in Gahanna. Um, so the opposite side of town from where Neil was mentioning. Um, they have a huge menu. I want to say they have over 30 basic rolls and over 30 specialty wow. rolls. So their menu is massive. The fish is always fresh. My husband and I are big in sitting at the sushi bar rather mm. than grabbing a table. And they their chefs are just so fantastic. They're constantly giving you a little, almost a mouche-bouche to like taste your or get your taste buds going as you're eating, which is something you don't typically get at the table. I also love going on Tuesday nights, um, 5 to 9 is half price sushi on a lot of their rolls. Oh. So not to miss. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And uh, so obviously we mentioned a few different places, but what are our favorite roles? Uh, Bethia, do you have a go-to role that you typically try? Um, I um, honestly, I don't generally eat the rolls. I um, prefer nigiri mm-hmm. sushi. Um, and I like, I love chirashi bowls, which is where you get a bowl of rice, um, like seasoned rice. Um, and then it has pieces of sashimi on top of it. Oh. So I'm not so much a roll person. Um, if I do get the rolls, I like the more kind of plain ones, like yellowtail and scallion. Um, but I'm, I'm not a big, uh, more, I'm not really so much into the kind of more American Americanized rolls. Rolls, yeah. <laughs> All right, Neil. What do you What do you think when you Whenever you see a menu. Uh, it, it depends on the establishment, and I love trying new things. Uh, so it, it, it depends on the role. Now, I do love the Americanized rolls. I think those are those are fantastic, and I I, I also prefer uh, traditional uh, sashimi is a, is a fun is a fun order almost anywhere. You get that taste of the, the of the of the fresh fish. But I like to be adventurous and. Uh, and try different things, uh, but at the same time, there are certain things that I will I will go to just to set a standard. So typically, uh, a, a good solid roll is a, a fresh tuna, a fresh tuna roll with avocado, and it, it's it's just a wonderful texture. And um, it, I like to try a spicy tuna if a place has that, just give just to give you um, a little pick, a little kick. And speaking of the spiciness, I, I don't think we mentioned it, um, but the fusion class collaboration, which uh, those of us at this week were very familiar with, and we had the opportunity to try this. But the fusion collaboration with Hot Chicken Takeover was a wonderful uh, opportunity to merge uh, to merge two things that most people didn't think would go together. And I know at, at Fusion, there, uh, the the chicken was not strange, but the spiciness of it mm-hmm. uh, and the pickles, which I did not know if it would go over well, and it it, it was fantastic. So. Uh, I like to try a variety of different things, and uh, I, I don't really think you can go wrong when you're trying something new. Yeah, that hot ranch, who knew that that would go, go well with uh, sushi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right. And Nikki, what do you normally gravitate towards? You know what? My um, biggest struggle with sushi is I don't just like one roll. So when my husband and I go, we're ordering for the two of us like five or six rolls <laughs> just for the variety. Yeah, um, sure. I am a, I, and I tend to do a mix of um, very traditional sushi, like the fish and the um, fresh uh, avocado or cucumber. Um, but I attend like Neil to want to gravitate to some of those more fun Americanized rolls, but only if they're innovative. So mm-hmm. I feel like if the flavors are a different pre- flavor profile than something I would normally order or things where I think maybe it's kind of outside of the box, I really want to go ahead and try those. Sure. All right. And Stephen, what are, what are your picks for favorite rolls? You guys all touched on awesome things. Uh, as for the, 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 we called it the uh, hot fusion takeover with, with Mike or with, um, with Joe, the, DeLoss. Yeah, Joe DeLoss over at hot chicken takeover. It, it, it was, it was unexpected and awesome. And I think that those two things are what, what I crave. Um, and, uh, you know, sushi literally translated refers to the rice. So, um, a lot of people may have the misconception of sushi being raw fish or being seaweed. Um, it literally just refers to the seasoned rice. So with that spirit in mind, I kind of gravitate to, um, unusual things as well. And, uh, as Nikki was, was saying, um, Variety is key for me too. I don't. I, it's hard for me to necessarily commit to to one flavor. Mm-hmm. One of the tricks um, on our secret menu is uh, <laughs> is um, a half and half roll. So sometimes you'll find oh. like at, Ooh, this is good to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you can you um, will find some of our more frequent customers or people who are um, enlightened to the secret menu um, are uh, you, you can do like half tuna, half shrimp, half tuna, half salmon, and you'll end up getting five pieces of each. So, so typically I'll gravitate to variety as well. Um, but I also find that my, that my palate changes with the seasons. So in the summer months, I'm typically looking for something lighter. So like I'm, I'm eating more tuna, I'm eating more salmon. Um, as we rotate um, seasonal ingredients on, um, I'm trying new produce options um, in there as well. But I think simplicity is key. Moving into the winter, I'm kind of more likely to try a chicken roll or a, or a steak roll. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I kind of concur with everything that you all said. Um, variety and, and, you know, eat as the seasons kind of go by is, is kind of my mantra and the half and half roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and Neil, you already uh, touched on this question. Uh, I was going to ask, do you ever get your favorite sushi to go? And Neil obviously answered that he does. Is there anywhere else other than sushi.com that you will get sushi to go? I, it Again, I think that that question depends on proximity mm-hmm. and it depends on where you are and how far you want to travel. And, uh, it, you know, I, I'm not sure I would want to try, um, the place that Nikki mentioned in Gehanna and then try to <laughs> try to get that all the way back to Jerome township where I live. That might not be wise unless I had, uh, it, it, it probably would be fine, but it, it wouldn't be as good as if I was eating it directly at the restaurant. Sure. So I, I, I am a fan of, of take out sushi as long as it works in terms of proximity sure uh well and Stephen, i mean your your whole business is you could dine in but you could also carry out so is that ever a debate for for you or your customers yeah i mean it, it we've been in business for eight years we started in 2010 and the the shift in the restaurant industry you know kind of the joke is that it happens 10 years later than the rest of the industry but or you know other industries but um we, we've seen a dramatic shift in the way people are eating even from eight years ago uh when we first opened the business we were 50 percent dine in 50 percent carry out 50 percent lunch 50 percent dinner and that's really 
skewing a lot to um, to more like a 60-40 plus for um, carry out to dine-in. And one of our, our missions kind of getting into this business was the hospitality component of it. We're, we're in the food service business. So sure. how do we do food and service very well? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to find ways that we can replace a lot of that human touch point by, while also kind of being on trend and, and, and progressive with the way the on-demand economy is, is moving. So whether you it's the DoorDashes of the world or the Uber Eats of the world or or even just online ordering pickup, mm-hmm. um, we, we're, we're trying to find innovative ways to allow the service to still shine through while while ultimately technology is taking over some of the um some of the more human components of 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 maybe the traditional restaurant experience so yeah i mean we've we've definitely made some modifications within our restaurants to be more pickup focused more delivery focused and ultimately finding our customers where they want to be found if that makes sense so if you're here at you know doing a podcast and you want sushi delivered we can make that happen if you are on your way home from from work and you have a family to feed we can be part of that we can be one stop away or if you're trying to go hang out with your dog on our patio and get served (laughs) Um, you know, with, with, with a smile and, 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 and with, with, uh, interaction, we want to be that too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a rapidly, things are moving faster than ever. So as we kind of continue to look at the future, how do we stay ahead of these things? And, um, you know, we've done some really, really great things like, like add delivery as a, as, as an option in our app. So we, we have a, we have a, um, excuse me, a rewards app, which you can download from the app store, or if you're on Android from the Android store, um, (laughs) sorry, I'm not an Android user. Um, but, um, but you can, you can, you can, um, schedule a delivery from our app. So the, the benefit of that is that we actually get to control the user experience. So through user interfaces on the digital side, you're still experiencing fusion as we want you to experience it. We're not taking you away from kind of that fusion, um, experience of customization of, of ordering your favorite rolls over and over again or your favorite bowls over and over again. Um, so really trying to kind of create a digital digital ecosystem that matches the physical ecosystem. Um, it sounds very futuristic, but that's <laughs> the world that we're, that we're in right now. So, yeah. Well, and I was going to say, Bethia, probably for you, for uh, Columbus Food Adventures, you're kind of doing not the opposite, but you are visiting restaurants. You know, you're not bringing places all different foods to go into one place. You're hopping from restaurant to restaurant. Yeah, so. we, yeah we take people to the restaurants um, as an introduction um, and really to you know, try and give them a feel for the business, get the story, make a connection with it. Um, and uh, so, so we do go there, but I, I'm sure that a lot of people then end up becoming potentially takeout customers <laughs> sure, of the business, sure. Um, just because you know that's what fits with people's lifestyle. But the the food tour experience is about actually going there and seeing it, as right? Kind of a vista. Sure. So. And is there a, for you personally when you're not uh, doing a tour, leading a tour, uh, are you typically eating in a restaurant or taking it to go? Uh, I would say for, for us, kind of a mixture. I mean, I definitely like the restaurant experience, um, but at the same time, I have a four-year-old, and um, she's often good in restaurants, but not always. And sure, you know, um, she does love sushi, though it's her favorite food. Really? Yeah, she will wow. tell anybody that Akura, <laughs> which is the salmon eggs, is particularly her favorite, and sadly, the expensive, <laughs> expensive favorite food for a four-year-old yes. to have. But. 
Well, and Nikki, are you, is uh, sushi one of your kids' favorite? It is dishes? actually. My kids love it. Um, my 15 and 13 year olds specifically have a more advanced taste buds and will now kind of um, be adventurous and order and eat what we do. My four year old tends to gravitate to the peanut butter and jelly roll at Fusion. Yes, but another um, world combination. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is uh, like he he will ask specifically, "Can we go for sushi?" That's what he wants in yeah. his head. That's what sushi Meaning is. PB and J. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but hey, that means we get to eat sushi, so yeah. not a bad thing. Right. Um, I would say though, nine times out of ten, we want to eat in. We don't take it to go. We're not often um, taking food like that to go and eating at home, mm-hmm. but I really want more of the experience um, to be in the restaurant, to be around the chefs and the wait staff and um, just have that whole environment while I'm eating that food. Sure, absolutely. Well, and one thing we've not touched on yet is grocery store sushi. Mm-hmm. I know some people love it, some people will not touch it with 10-foot pole. So, uh, Stephen, where do you stand on grocery store sushi? I, I think sushi is best when it's made fresh. So when when I know that something's been made for me mm-hmm. um, specifically, um, I'm going to gravitate towards that. I understand kind of how it fits a, a demand, especially if you go grocery shopping and, you know, you don't want to make the food that you just bought, but you want something that you can just go home and eat. I understand that. Um, one of, you know, one of our kind of one of one of our wants and desires and 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 part of our mission is to create you know something that's made to order for you specifically and um we want to we want consumers to have the confidence of our freshness and also that you know it wasn't sitting in a case for 10 hours (laughs) nikki what are your thoughts on grocery store sushi i'm a big fat no on that i'm sorry i'm trying to think if there's even a grocery store that i would consider and i really wouldn't i will say though my husband will run to kroger and grab the sushi Mm -hmm. and doesn't have a problem but i grew up on the water i'm originally from long island so for me it has to be fresh seafood (laughs) i I can't do it i'm sorry i just can't The, 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 the the problem with me with 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 grocery store sushi in my opinion isn't necessarily of the ingredients inside it's the rice mm-hmm. so you know when rice is fresh and it was just co- and it just was mixed with vinegar yeah. and you can taste each grain of rice kind of in between your pat- the roof of your mouth and, and and your tongue like that that you that's irreplaceable and once you refrigerate it it kind of gets a little starchier a little mm-hmm. bit crunchier and and it just doesn't have the same texture so yeah yeah Bethia, what, what's your stance on this? Well, I'd say if your if your grocery store is Tensuke Market, then the answer is, is <laughs> definitely true. yes. Um, you know, and otherwise it it really varies. Um, and if you're lucky and you're there at the grocery store and the person behind the counter is just making it and you can get it just while they're making it, then it can be good. And it really depends so much. Not just, you know, Stephen mentioned the rice, but it also depends a lot on the skill of the person mm-hmm. making it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the person seems maybe undertrained and. So so, you know, you try and pick up a roll and it just falls apart and they haven't kind of really wrapped it properly. So I think you can get lucky with grocery store sushi. And if you, you know, get to know the person that's making it and you get lucky with the timing. But in general, it's it's not going to be your best option. And if somebody, if that's the only sushi they've tried and they think, I don't like sushi, I would encourage them to go, you know, somewhere else and maybe have a better experience. And, yes. And, and, <laughs> And now that I'm listening, you know, Fusion was actually inspired by grocery store sushi from the oh. standpoint of uh, myself and my, my partners. We were living in Colorado at the time, and we, we, were, we were in a small little ski town where there were four sushi restaurants and one grocery store, and we wanted to eat sushi all the time, but the grocery store sushi wasn't going to cut it, and we didn't have enough time or money to go 
to the expensive places. Mm-hmm. So really, fusion kind of existed to fill the gap. So you can have the fine dining quality, you can have the fine dining um, um, freshness, but you don't have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a you know the kind of the best of both worlds because I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have time to go to a formal sushi dining experience <laughs> yeah. as often as I'd like. Sure, sure. Well, Neil, uh, let's wrap this up. On well, I, I, I we're still not having much of a debate here. I kind of agree with, <laughs> with agree, something that, yeah. every, that, that with everything that that has been said thus far and I, th- I think it does come down to it depends on convenience number one and number two I think that some grocery stores could do it better than uh, than others obviously Tinsuke Express is a is a is a very good uh Example of that, uh, I've I've seen at some of these larger supermarkets, uh, especially the Giant Eagle Market districts and the mm. Kroger marketplaces, uh, that some of those do have uh, fairly talented uh, sushi chefs. And I think back, uh, this week's offices for many years were located in Lewis Center on Orange Road, and so we had a Kroger Marketplace just a few miles north off Route 23. Mm-hmm. And I occasionally would get. Uh, sushi for lunch from that from that Kroger and it wasn't bad now one of the things I like to do was try to find what was fresh coming off the line and and that's what I would I would pick I would watch I would watch the chef at work but I think it, another thing that we I, we we've, we've mentioned and we haven't really we haven't really focused on is just how much goes into the preparation of sushi and I, I just think it's the most fascinating fascinating thing to watch mm-hmm. is it, it's it's all part of the experience Experience when you see someone who's so good at this craft put it together. Sure. And great knife skills. And I want to kind of add in there that if you're going to grocery store sushi to save money, I don't think that's the place to do it, especially oh. with there is so many sushi happy hours around town. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one that I can think of off the top of my head is um, M. Um, at the Miranova building. Their happy hour includes four sushi rolls for... I think less than half the price traditionally. Wow. Um, and it's pretty fantastic. So I think that you can definitely shop around and look for some sushi happy hours to get a really good experience to save a little bit of money. That's a great tip, too. That is a fantastic tip. And I'm glad you mentioned M because people don't normally think of M as a place for sushi. And I'm not sure if this is correct any longer, but when I first went to M several years ago, I was impressed by the fact that the sushi rolls there used real crab meat and not crab stick. Mm. And that was so hard to find in the Columbus market. And I'm sure there are some places that, that probably do real crab meat now. But uh, 10 years ago, I, I just didn't see it all that many places. And I was impressed that you could get that at M. And I, I thought they it does a fantastic job with sushi rolls. Um, I was going to say um, one thing that that's fun to do if you go to Tensuke Market and you go to their fish counter, um, you can buy the fish and then you can get them to cut it for you into the, for the different styles of sushi. Um, and so it's really fun. You can kind of have a make your own sushi party at home. Oh, that's um, fun! And you don't have to be really skilled. You don't have to do kind of proper roll. <laughs> you know, you can just do hand rolls or you can, you know. But it, it's a f- kind of fun way to do something with friends and to have a go at making it yourself. And yeah, that's a they great have idea. They have a sign up. You can choose what kind of sushi you're going to make and how they cut it that's great yeah no one has to hurt themselves with a knife you know all that uh when do you think that sushi got big in columbus i happen to know the answer but any any guesses on a year or maybe even a decade um, I, I believe it started in the mid-1980s. I know Akaihana was which originally restaurant Japan started. I think they opened in 1986. And um, I'm blanking on the name of the one that was on 161 that the chef 
Is it Otani? Yeah, Otani. Mm-hmm. Kind of what I think was the original. Kind of the original. So yes, you are correct. Very very close. So uh, in 1984, there was a whole full page spread about what sushi even was. And back in 1979, the Dispatch ran an article explaining, you know, what sushi was, why it was so popular in other states. It hadn't come to Columbus yet. And uh, to quote the article, a sushi meal wasn't a super cheap affair. Uh, orders of two pieces cost anywhere up to one dollar and sixty. <laughs> depending on the fish and a whole meal generally ran at least ten dollars which at the time was expensive and then uh by 1984 there was otani uh japanese oriental house and zao z-a-o uh that served sushi and uh japanese oriental recently just closed and they now uh have bonsai in upper arlington so if you know of those places the same dynasty anyway uh and the funniest thing that i thought reading research about this uh was in the 1984 article they actually kind of uh previewed the social media craze of taking photos of your food Uh people used to do that of their sushi because it was so beautiful one person looked at their sushi for 30 minutes and they said i don't want to eat it it's just too beautiful i can't (laughs) so they eventually did eat the sushi but after they took photos of it first so that's funny about those prices too abby how far we've come so i was at Jeff Ruby's for the first time, and they have a roll on their menu that's $42. <laughs> so we've come a long way, apparently. Yes, from $1.60. Yeah. Yeah, it, would, it would be interesting to count how many sushi restaurants there are in Columbus now, because there are so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, new ones, there's new ones opened just recently in the Short North and in Grandview, um, mm-hmm. and really just... It's kind of amazing how many there are. Yeah, they're really, yeah, there really are. And it's, I, I wouldn't have thought, when you think Columbus, Ohio food, I wouldn't have guessed sushi would be a top, you know, thing that you could get here. But really, you can get it in almost every neighborhood, which mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Supply chains have come so far, even, mm-hmm. in, what's that, three decades, four decades? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, are there other restaurants we wanted to mention, too, that we just haven't brought up for any reason? There are so many. Like Bethia was saying, there are so many. There's um, the one the 1126 is brand new sushi um they look pretty phenomenal oshio i don't know if i'm butchering that it's like os yeah yeah Yeah, i haven't been there but that's like top Mm -hmm. of my list right now i've heard fantastic things about that that was a subject of a recent table talk column in this week uh, that we previewed and that's one i've been wanting to uh, to visit as well Mm -hmm. yes one one thing that i always find kind of fascinating is you know obviously you think very much of sushi being a japanese food Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting how few of the restaurants are japanese owned (laughs) you know there's quite a few korean owned some Chinese owned, quite a few American owned, or it will be a restaurant like M or Jeff mm-hmm. Ruby's where they have some sushi on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually quite a small number that are that are Japanese owned. Wow. Yeah, that is that is interesting to think about. Stephen, are there any other restaurants no, you wanted to mention? I, I, I had a question. Yeah, go when for it. When you guys uh, like rattle off all these sushi restaurants, what what's the biggest differentiator for you guys on each one? Like, like where, from where from one pick? to one, yeah, just one to one. What, like what if you go to one and you try it, what you think? Yeah, like yeah. How what what is, what is the basis by which you compare and contrast each sushi? That's restaurant? a good question because in a way it's almost like Mexican food where it can all be pretty similar, like a quesadilla is a quesadilla is a quesadilla wherever you yeah, go. No, I mean, but, I, yeah. I mean, for me, I think one is kind of the freshness of the fish, the quality of the ingredients, mm-hmm. how well it's cut. You know, are you, do you bite into a piece of tuna and then suddenly you have like a bit of. Um, 
sinew. Yeah, sinew. <laughs> um, when you look at the roll, um, you know, did they match up the edge? Like, is it for like a maki? Is it perfectly rolled, or does it look kind of like a pinwheel? Mm. Um, so things like that, kind of the the quality and that the execution of it and the skill um, for me. And then some of it's like Neil was saying, convenience is obviously a factor. You're not going to drive all the way across the city when you could get something equally good sure. closer to home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then price, you know, is a factor. The atmosphere of the restaurant, um, is the service good? You know, I think kind of the same things that come into play in a general restaurant experience. Um, I tend, being a restaurant blogger, I tend to drive all over the city. So I, and I'm always about trying the newest place or a place I've not been. So even if I find a place that I love, I generally am like, well, there's so many more options. I want to go and try another place. But I think what tends to bring me back, in addition to what Bethia was saying, is the service. I think there are some sushi chefs, and I don't know if that's the right term, but that stand behind their counter that really interact with you and give you such an experience. Mm-hmm. that that will really bring me back a lot of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great, great point. Uh, not that this is in Central Ohio, but there's a place in the Strongsville, or no, the Akron area uh, called Yellowtail, and they have a guy who does like hibachi right in front of you, but they also have sushi. And the greatest thing is that he is able to take a little like squeeze bottle of soy sauce and draw your picture, mm-hmm. paint your picture on the plate <laughs> while he's cooking this, the hibachi. And it's like, I mean, that's great. That's, that's mm-hmm. adorable. And everybody thinks it's hilarious. I mean, it's so fun. So that's something that's like, oh, wow, what a nice feature mm-hmm. that you don't need. And the food's also great, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, well, I, one thing, I just thought I would like to give a shout out to Fusion that I love your chopstick helper oh. that you have. For, oh. kids. <laughs> for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> for the and kids. for anyone. But, yeah. but yeah, those are the best chopstick helpers. And I <laughs> save them and I carry them around in my purse with me wherever else I go because a lot of other places don't have anything or they're just not as good. And we, so I, I a, love those chopstick helpers. We, we originally put those in for the kids, uh, but we had, a, we had a woman come in a few months back and she goes, can I get 30 of those? And we're like... <laughs> Sure. And she goes, I'm having a ninja party. A ninja party? A ninja party. I was like, all right. I want to go to that party. Yeah, send pictures. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I asked the the original question because, you know, omakase is a big thing, Mm -hmm. especially in some of the larger markets, too, of like, instead of me telling you what I want, you tell me what I should have. Hmm. And so, you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of that um, kind of proliferate in in ohio but um you know i i definitely think that that's something that to keep an eye out for is is kind of the omakase side of things where there really isn't a menu there's a chef that feeds you mm-hmm. um it takes a more adventurous palate to kind of maybe feel comfortable sure. doing those things but if ever you're traveling and have the opportunity it's, it's a kind of a fun way to experience uh, a more traditional japanese you, you um kahachi does omakase mm-hmm. you, okay, have cool. to, you have to reserve it in advance um and it's it's definitely I'd say a special occasion mm-hmm. thing. It's mm-hmm. not not cheap, um, but but they do it and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, are there any other places we want to mention or any other questions we have? All right. Well, uh, now that we've dished it out, we do want to hear from our listeners. If there's any good grocery store sushi, please let us know. Uh, <laughs> if we want to hear from you, if we missed any other great sushi places in Columbus, or if you disagree with any of the ones that we mentioned, tweet at us at This Week News or email us online at thisweeknews.com or like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash thisweekfoodandwine. Uh, so all of you guys, thanks for joining me. But if people want to know more,
more about you, Bethia, how can they learn more about Columbus Food Adventures? Um, our website is columbusfoodadventures.com, um, and I am probably most active on our Instagram account, which is at Adventures. so if they want to see what I'm eating and what I've been doing, <laughs> that's probably the best place. All right, perfect. Neil, where can people find out more? At thisweeknews.com, we have a weekly food column by Gary Seaman Jr. It's a, it's called Table Talk. I edit it from week to week, and so it's a wonderful place to find out about what's going on in the Central Ohio restaurant scene. All right, and Nikki, what about you? You can check out my blog at sweetlyseabus.com or on Instagram of the same name, sweetlyseabus.com. Or right. Sweetly Seabus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Stephen, where can people find out more about you or your restaurant? Um, yeah. So um, in our restaurants. So um, it's not too uncommon that you won't see one of us in there. Um, but um, fusion.com is a great source um, for you to connect with us. Uh, it'll link to all of our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're very responsive, and uh, we've built this company for you, the customer. So we encourage you to reach out, ask questions, uh, give us feedback. We, uh, we we take it to heart. So I would encourage anybody listening to please, please uh, connect with us. Perfect. And for all of our listeners, please subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And you can now listen to it on Spotify. And you can also hear every episode on our website, thisweeknews.com. But this is Abby Armbruster signing off. Stay hungry.